The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Live Healthy, Be Healthy with Dr. Jim Fox and Dr. Janine Fox. Our show is based on science-backed information on alternative and natural approaches to health. You'll hear the clinical pearls, real-life stories about real patients and situations. It all comes together so that you can live your best health. Now, here are the Doctors Fox. Hey, good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to Live Healthy, Be Healthy. It's a Tuesday night, and I'm Dr. Jim. And I'm Dr. Shanine. And we're here to bring you a, a new episode of Live Healthy, Be Healthy. Tonight, our main topic is going to be uh, about inflammation. But first, we have In, in the, the news. news. Right. Yes, got to have that. Kind of an interesting little um, week in the news, so to speak. A lot of stuff come out, and I, I thought this is really interesting about, and we got a couple of things about mental, mental health. Mental health. A lot was about mental health this week. Well, actually, it's a full moon, and that has something to do with that's mental true. health, too. Okay, That's true. It really does. Or maybe that's not mental health. That maybe, what more is like that? mental illness. Mental illness. Oh, okay. Gotcha. <laughs> All right. This is the first thing we're going to talk about tonight. comes from the land down under, the University of Melbourne. And uh, it's actually talking about diet and nutrition, being essential for mental health. Yeah, and they're, what they're finding out is that they need to start looking, even medically, mm-hmm. at adding nutrients to maybe protocols to help manage the enormous burden of mental health. You mean people aren't deficient in Prozac? No. Wow. Not at all. And they're How finding that, that they're not doing a very good job at managing the mental health problems in this country. Yeah, I, I suppose that uh, Dr. Jerome Saras, who is mm-hmm. the lead on, he probably didn't make a lot of friends with that statement. But no. It's the truth, and, you know, the truth comes out, and sometimes the truth will set you free, so to speak. So, But it's really interesting in that some of the nutrients that they looked at, we've talked about these nutrients being good for mental yeah. health and a lot of other stuff all the time. Uh, you know, stuff like your, uh, your B12, we know that's B12 big. and folate. B12 folate, and you got to have the right kind of folate. Right, because right? we know that so many population can't yeah. use regular folic acid. That's true. So you have to have the methylated form, which we do right. talk about a lot. We do. And they're even using high doses of this methylated form for depression. Yeah, there's actually, they have a pharmaceutical actually called Deplin. Deplin, that what That's it is, is methyltetrahydrofolate. Right, right, right. In a big dose. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. They're using up to 15, um, 15 milligrams, mm-hmm. and that's a pretty high dose. We have yeah, one is. that's 5 milligrams, right. and we do have a few people that take 2 to 3 a day. Oh, and yeah, we do. Actually. they do take mm-hmm. the high dose for mental health and depression. Yeah, but they even talked about, you know, the omega-3s. You know, we've talked about omega-3s ad infinitum, I guess. And there the is way. so much research. Oh, man. So much research. And even yeah. in, in this study, they talked about how more prevalent it's becoming in children. Yes. And that they're going to have to do something different because there are so many deficiencies than, on essential nutrients in kids. And you right. know, nowadays, the diet in kids mm. is terrible. Yeah, it's a McNugget fest. It is. Yeah. I mean, there's fast food, Everywhere. boxed food. Well, even or even the, the they food. decide when and what they're yeah. going to eat. Well, true. But even the food that uh, you know they feed babies is basically prepackaged. Now, 
I'm going to go back a long, long time ago when I was a mere child, a baby. It was a long so, time ago. It was a long time ago. <laughs> Let's don't get into all the facts, okay? But a long time ago when I was a mere baby, the baby food I got fed was food that mom and dad were eating. And they'd kind of mush it up a little bit and give it on a fork and here. And, you know, you, that's what you ate. Yeah. I mean, now that, that we did, they didn't have, quote, unquote, Gerber baby food or any other kind for that matter. It was simply whatever Just food, mom and dad, right. food, you know, mushed up where you could get it, you know, where you didn't, because we didn't have choppers at that time. So, you know, that, but nowadays everything's prepackaged, processed in a jar or whatever. And, you know, right. we're, we're seeing, you know, more and more malnutrition actually at young ages at young ages. and mental problems at younger at young ages, ages and that's definitely what they said in this study and they act other nutrients they mentioned like i said omega-3s has so much research on mental health and it takes a little time to work though and i tell people we put a lot of kids on omega-3s but we tell their parents it's not going to work in a day or two no that's a long-term it takes a long-term thing, thing. Mm-hmm. it might take a couple months to see a difference it usually does, actually. Yeah. Now, they've shown the, the choline, the zinc, the magnesium, and even iron if you're deficient. We always tell people don't take iron unless you are deficient. No, but you know, especially back to the children for a minute. They need uh, a little bit. They need a little bit of iron. Right. They can't grow bones and a lot of other things in red blood cells without iron. So and One of the big ones sense. that is so good for depression, and when we add it to people ah. that's tried everything, is SAMe. Yes, the S-adenosylmethionine. Right. right. SAMe is a really great nutrient. And it's actually, I don't know what you call it, a nutrient or... It's in the uh, amino acid family. I mean, methionine, it's, it's a type of a... Yeah, it's, it is, it's a structured amino acid. That, that, but our body normally makes SAMe yeah. uh, if everything's right. Right. And in a lot of cases, because of bad nutrition, our body can't make enough right. SAMe. Or some sort of g- genetic flaws that it can't like make it, like the MTHFR. Right. That I, right. We've talked about the methyl uh, problem that a lot of people have. And another have. group of nutrients they mentioned is amino acids. And that's yeah. what we probably use the most on mental problems. Right. Like your 5-HTP, which is basically 5-hydroxytryptophan, which is a form of tryptophan or an amino acid. Right. Which then turns into serotonin. And then L-tyrosine. Right. Which can increase your own production of dopamine. Exactly. Um, DL-phenylalanine, which can increase your norepinephrine. Right. You know, there's there's all these amino acids that can be used to to change brain chemistry. Ah, it's, it's really interesting. You know, and this was actually published in the Lancet Psychiatric or Psychiatry oh. Today. So, you know, that, that's oh, actually today was when it was published. No, it wasn't. A few days ago. A few but, days yeah, ago. But it, needless to say, that is, the Lancet is a big journal. It is. And, and so this isn't just somebody's opinion. This is, and this is some, a study that was done that shows that they really, these nutrients do make a difference. They sure do. And, you know, they did say that their conclusion was that it's time for, you know, clinicians to consider diet and additional nutrients as part of treating package to try to help mental health in this country. Right. Yeah, like I say, not everybody's deficient in Prozac or Wellbutrin no. or something, right? Right. So, so yeah. that, that was, a I thought, a very good one because mm-hmm. it did actually talk about, mm-hmm. and what's funny is a lot of stuff that come out this week was on mental health because the next one we're talking about yeah. is also about mental health. It's about the, the brain inflammation, which kind of leads into to our Subject this week. Inflammation. Yeah. This week we're talking about chronic inflammation yeah. and what can it affect. Well, one thing it can affect is depression. Yeah. You know, I think it was kind of nice of them publishing this. Just That's right. Right for our show. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's pretty cool. Um, we had a little inside pull there, folks. Um, but this was actually published in the JAMA, the Journal of American Medical Association Psych- uh, Psychiatry uh, Department there, so to speak. Really interesting stuff because, you know, we, we've talked about 
inflammation. And they've, they've kind of alluded to some of these inflammation things. But these guys, actually, they, there's a place, and believe this or not, there's actually a Center for Addiction and Mental Health. Hmm. Okay. And they actually found that this uh, inflammation, they could map it with a PET scan. Right. And they, could, they, they would see it as people had flare-ups and depression. Right. They had more inflammation in the brain. Yeah. So they could actually, that PET scan lets them map that inflammation. And they could actually see it. And it was the it. first study, they say, of its kind to actually prove. They always thought that inflammation was probably part of it. Mm-hmm. But this actually showed that it was definitely part of it. And before they were looking at just inflammation markers in the blood, mm-hmm. and it didn't always show the evidence. Right. But yet this definitely showed it on the PET scans. Yeah, I thought that was real interesting. You know, and, and they, they kind of differentiated the type of inflammation. You know, again, a sprained ankle versus something in the brain. And, and they looked at, at these people that were... You know, twenty. They took twenty patients. Uh, well, they actually took forty. They took twenty that were basically depressed and otherwise healthy. Okay. Then they took twenty healthy controls that did not have any of that. Any of that. And they l- compared those positron in, uh, uh, emission tomography, which are PET scans, and they looked at the two different. You know, the healthy person versus the person suffering from depression, and they could see the huge difference. Right, and the more severe a person was, the higher the inflammation was. Right. So they actually linked that together. Yeah. And, you know, when we're talking about inflammation, people may say, okay, if depression is inflammation, what kind of things can you do for inflammation in the brain? You know, one of the biggies is the uh, omega-3 fish oil. It has the EPA and DHA, which has been definitely shown to affect the brain. Well, it has, because if you take our little brain, and the next time you see somebody and call them a fathead, they really are. Because most of our brain is fat, something right. like 75, 80%. 25% of our brain is made up of something called DHA, mm-hmm. docosafexanoic acid, which is part of this fish oil stuff. Now, that's, that's 25% of your brain. The EPA, or eicosapentanoic acid, is a huge anti-inflammatory. Right. Now, the DHA is in its own right, but that EPA is just huge it is an anti-inflammatory agent. So that's one of the biggies. And like uh, we always say with fish oil, a lot of people go out and buy fish oil mm-hmm. at any store, and it has a low amount of EPA and DHA. And they take it and say, well, it didn't do anything. Well, they don't take enough of it. Um, most of the research shows that you want at least EPA, 1,500 to 1,800 yeah. milligrams. And that's not a fish oil. That's of the EPA. EPA. You know, and, and what I always tell people, matter of fact, I've, I did this about three times today. I, I, somebody asked about fish oil, so I picked up a bottle of our fish oil, and I showed them how to look for it. On the side of the bottle, it's going to have something called supplement facts. Now, one of the things in that supplement facts is going to tell you serving size how many capsules or whatever it takes to be a serving. In our case, it's two. Two capsules give you a serving. In each serving, and I always go down and show them, this is the EPA, this is the DHA. And our EPA is 900 milligrams per two capsules. Which is really high. Which is really high. Actually, the last time we had a, a, an essay done on it, it was like 960. Yeah, it was a hair, a hair yeah, higher. Over, but still, it's at least 900. And so if you take two of those twice a day, you're hitting that 1,800 milligram mark of EPA. That's huge Right, for but brain most health. fish oil out there, ah, if you look, small. for a cap, one capsule, it's 180 EPA. Yeah. To get what you needed, you'd have to take at least 10. Yeah. And most people aren't going to do that. Well, that's a lot of fish oil. So I do tell people, and, and our fish oil also has vitamin D added, so you also get the benefits of vitamin D. Mm-hmm. But it really, we call it the high-potency EPA DHA. Ooh. And, and back in that other study that we did, uh-huh. D was one of the nutrients. They D was one about. of the nutrients they talked about for mental, for mental health. health. Yeah. So I do say for mental health, if you if you have definitely 
you know, do the fish oil. It's going to take a little time to work. It is not mm-hmm. going to be like you take your first dose and You're all bam, better. everything's better. But, but, you know, I had somebody in today, and, and as husband and wife, and they were talking about uh, going on a, an antidepressant. And, of course, the guy wants an instant, you know, something that... Instant I take, gratification. I, I take this pill and I get better instantly. And his wife said, it doesn't work that way. And he said, well, but I'm thinking about doing... And he was thinking about a, an antidepressant medication. And, and they had already looked it up and they said, it takes at least 30 days yeah, to see the effect. Those even take time. Right. And people always want that instant gratification and that's not always the way it works. Well, that's be good if you could get it that way. But well, yeah, but unfortunately, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> there's some things that work fast. I mean, we have bottles open that we give samples of because we know that... Well, 5-HTP. Yeah, 5-HTP for, yeah, five HTP okay. for depression. Um, oh, yeah, it works, it works pretty quick. Now, you mm-hmm. can't take it with an antidepressant. No. But if you're not taking an antidepressant, it does work pretty fast. I've had people call me an hour later and say, is, this real, if, is there any way this stuff can really make me feel better or is it just all in my head? Right. <laughs> I said, well, it might be in your head, but well, it, it does work. Head, it exactly, because yeah, right. it's changing the brain chemistry. Right. Yeah, I just think this is really interesting because, like say, tonight our whole show, the rest of the show after this break, is going to be about inflammation. Right. And this particular study was talking about this inflammation and how it shows up in the brain's inflammatory response and how that shows up as depression. And how maybe they should start working on inflammation to actually help with depression as well. And that's what, the, you know, that was the gist, if right. you will. Just uh, saying that maybe thing. we need to shift more attention mm-hmm. to help with inflammation mm-hmm. instead of just things that actually affect the, the, the chemistry. Yeah, because they said, you know, currently... We don't have any uh, treatments that, that target inflammation. No, not for not depression. All. No. So all the antidepressants, none of it work on inflammation. Right. All right. After the break, we're going to come back and have a whole show just about nothing but good old inflammation. Your life, your health. Your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. There is a fact that we must all face, and that is that life happens. And many times it happens to involve different medical conditions. With the medical issues of life, there are at least a thousand different opinions on how to treat them. Not at Doctors Nutrition. At Doctors Nutrition, you get real answers that make sense. You get real information on how to treat medical conditions naturally and maybe even prevent the issue from coming back. At Doctors Nutrition, you'll get practical advice on how to improve the quality of your life naturally and nutritionally. You'll feel much more comfortable knowing that the doctors at Doctors Nutrition are working with you to treat your condition. You can find Doctors Nutrition online at doctorsnutrition.com or on Facebook. And for Dr. Jim's comments about the latest health issues, visit doctorsnutritionmedia.com for podcasts, complete live healthy, be healthy shows, and more. Start your homework online or call toll-free at 800-824-0194. That's 800-824-0194. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You are tuned in to Live Healthy, Be Healthy with Dr. Janine Fox and Dr. Jim Fox. To reach our program today, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. We also welcome your emails to jfox.com at doctorsnutrition.com. Now, back to Live Healthy, Be Healthy. 
And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, in this segment, we're going to start out the, the, the show about what we talked promised you to talk about tonight. That's in, inflammation. Yeah. And, you know, we need to know the difference between the acute inflammation and chronic inflammation. Now, a lot of what we were just talking about pre-show there or in the first segment in the, in the news was about chronic, chronic inflammation. inflammation. Uh, acute inflammation. Okay. Let's say that you go out and sprain your ankle. That's acute inflammation. Right. Or you, know. you get hit with a baseball. Uh, yeah, either way. That'd be acute. Yeah, yeah. anything that's a trauma mm-hmm. that immediately causes inflammation right. is more of an acute inflammation. Right. And, and that's a, a natural process that the immune system has to deal with trauma. Now, that trauma could come from a baseball upside the head. Right. could come from spraining your ankle. could come from a virus or bacteria. Right. Because those Any are those acute things. as well. Right. right. Those are acute. You know, any kind of infection or injury and so on, heat, you could burn yourself, that's inflammation. Uh, that's the, the, the standard, what you call the acute inflammation. What we're going to be dealing with tonight, I mean, obviously, if you've got acute inflammation, yeah, you need to deal with right. it. Right. Okay. Uh, but if you've got the chronic inflammation, this is the stuff that you usually don't recognize so well as, ooh, this is inflammation. Right. It could actually be threatening you at this yeah. very moment you and you have no idea. Right. Absolutely and that's not. why these people that you hear that just dropped dead of a heart attack, they definitely had an inflammatory process going on and had no idea it was going on. So right. there is no question that inflammation causes problems. They actually say in a, one of the researches that was done, of the 10 leading causes of mortality in the United States, chronic low-level inflammation contributes to at least seven of them. Yeah, now that's a lot. That's a lot. That's 70%. And that, the seven that it contributes, heart disease, cancer, respiratory disease, stroke, Alzheimer's, diabetes, nephritis. So that's the seven of, you know, those things kill people. Now, I want you to underline that Alzheimer's thing because that's brain Brain inflammation. inflammation. We just talked about? Okay. And we talked about just a minute ago, it helped, I mean, it making depression. But, you know, what's even worse is if it makes you not know who anyone is. Wow, that's even worse. Yeah, that's true. Now, once we get past that, um, you know, acute inflammation and we're into this chronic stuff, and like you say, seven out of the ten top leading bad stuff that can happen to you is coming from inflammation. Right. And that's, that's a lot, 70%. Think and a lot, about it. Yeah, and a lot of the inflammation is triggered by the, the cellular stress and dysfunction, mm-hmm. the actual right. cell at the cellular level. At a cellular level. Yeah, heart. at a cellular level. And right. it can be caused from so many different things. Um, oxidative stress and elevated blood sugar and excessive calories. And, you know, there's a lot of things that can actually increase, you know, inflammation. There, there is. You know, we talk, and we talk a lot about diet and we talk a lot about blood sugar in this show and every day it seems like. And the thing that gets you, and, and I, I did a, another show that I do, I had a whole show on this stuff called Advanced Glycation End Products, A-G-E-S, ages. And it really does age you. That's the inflammation. You know? Yes. And that's because that's what that uh, Advanced Glycation End Product is, is the result of inflammation. Right. At a cellular level. It okay. does. And like I said, and, and there's other things that go on that can actually do it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the common problems that people have, like gout. Oh, yeah, uric acid. Now, uric acid being elevated doesn't just make your joints hurt. Now, it definitely does that. It definitely does that. But it also increases kidney disease and hypertension and metabolic syndrome, mm-hmm. so it, it hurts other things as well. You know, and something, too, that people need to realize about uric acid is too much sugar can actually elevate yes. uric acid. More and more has come down about that, that everybody's mm-hmm. always thought it was just the purine foods and just the meats mm-hmm. and stuff like mm-hmm. that, but... Actually, too much sugar can do it. And yeah. sugar is probably one of your biggest anti, I mean, it, not anti, pro inflammatory. Pro inflammatory. I'm go. sorry. There you, go. there you go. 
You know, it's something that we measure all the time, especially if somebody thinks they got a cardiovascular risk. Is that homocysteine? And homocysteine's bad boy. We tell people it all really the time is. that honestly, it's something that is hardly ever checked medically. It is, you know, and something that, that's really kind of interesting. When you dig through the research and literature on this, and, and you'll have to dig, but if you find it, you find everybody always associates uh, homocysteine with cardiovascular health. But did you realize that homocysteine is actually implicated in bone fracture risk? Right. Hmm. And even, well, inflammation is even. Inflammation. Is, can actually increase osteoporosis. So the there hom- you go. The homocysteine can easily be mer- measured and it's easily lowered. And that's the thing. We can always lower homocysteine. I hadn't found someone yet that we could not lower their homocysteine. Right, because it takes some very specific nutrients. Right. It takes specific forms of those nutrients. But the B12, the folic acid, B6, and also B10-hydrochloride or trimethylglycine. And we had a whole show on dimethylglycine a couple weeks ago, so that guy's involved in it, too. So the methylation yeah. is a big part and of that. And homocysteine, now mm-hmm. we have a product that has all those in one pill. And that oh, yeah. way you get the high doses in one pill, and it's actually called methyl CPG. You just don't have yeah. to take a whole bunch of different right. pills. You right, you don't have to take a lot of different pills. Right. But it's easily lowered. So yeah. it's something that you definitely want to check. And even your LDLs, oxidized LDLs, right. can actually increase inflammation. And there, I think that's why there's always such a back and forth about cholesterol and whether it's damaging. Mm-hmm. The LDL itself, maybe not, but oxidized LDL is. That's true. You know, and, and you're going to know these things by, by doing certain tests, just like we talked about homocysteine. Another one is that high-sensitivity C-reactive protein. Right. And it Ooh. looks for inflammation in the arteries. Specifically in the cardiovascular system. And mm. we do the specific one for that, and we see them sometimes real high. And there, again, there's things you can do to lower it. There's yeah, it anti-inflammatories. Is. When we see the, the HSCRP elevated, um, we do use like bromelain, right. which is from pineapple. Which is a good anti-inflammatory. natokinase. Mm-hmm. And another thing that they show actually does increase inflammation is high fibrinogen. Yeah, you know, and, and, and fibrinogen is the precursor, if you will, of uh, fibrin. Fibrin is a thing that holds clots together. Right. And we know that the more inflammation you got the more likely you are to clot. And if you clot, and if you, clot you can have strokes and heart yeah, attacks, exactly. right? Exactly. Okay, so there or you go. Or blood clot. I mean, you can actually oh, yeah, have blood, blood clots clot, from yeah. it also, but strokes and heart attacks are also are things that you have from it. None of those are good. Blood clots probably no. the easiest to get rid of, but the strokes and heart attacks. Yeah, I had a guy the other day, I actually said to him, I said, um, do you have any cardiac risk in your family? Because his blood work looked like he would. He said, no, I don't have any. He said, everybody in my family dies from strokes. <laughs> I said, well... Sometimes cardiovascular actually is stroke okay. or heart attack. Cardio is heart. Vascular means anywhere. Anywhere else, exactly. Vessel. So okay. I said, okay, well, you still yeah. have a heart risk because everybody dies from strokes. Yeah. I said, yeah. that actually puts you at risk for both. Yeah. And But he's kind of like, nope, nobody has heart disease. Everybody dies from strokes. Okay. So we got to get I him said, on the right Okay, road. that's not good. So nah. Exactly. So we definitely did some stuff for him, but... Yeah. There's things to lower these things. That's why we're always telling people to do lab work, because if you do show the inflammatory markers, then there's things that you can do for it. Well, that's why we call what we do evidence-based nutrition. Right. Because Because there's the evidence. If your CRP is high, if your homocysteine is high, and we can change it and and bring it down, wow, that's evidence. Okay, so that's that's what we do. Now, you know, some of the risk factors that is kind of interesting about, uh, you know, risk factors for this inflammation stuff. Right. 
one of which we can't do much about. No, but we can age. do what we can to be healthy, but definitely age. Yeah, you can't do much about age. I mean, unfortunately. But that as kinda, you get older, yeah. you tend to have more. Right. Uh, you know, it, it increases over time with different infections and different injuries and different, you know, things that go on. And you actually have more degeneration and inflammation. You know, and another thing that happens, too, with people, and, and this is something that they brought out in, in some other studies that we've looked at, is increasing what we call visceral fat. Fat inside. Yeah. Like fatty livers and so on. But right. fat inside the body. And what that does, usually it leads to some of the reduction that some of the has sex hormones. That's going to cause inflammation, too. Yeah. They actually show that low sex hormones is another one of the risk factors. Yep. And we do know that we see... Especially, you know, after menopause, mm-hmm. when women's hormones go down, and we keep seeing an epidemic of low testosterone in men, and on the yeah, yeah, yeah. low testosterone in men, yeah. there is no question that they start having all kind of other health problems with it. It's not just that. You know, I, I think that's probably you know we'll di- digress here for just a moment about the testosterone thing, but I think it's probably one of the things that has probably astounded us the most in the past five or six years is the number, the sheer number of men with low testosterone and also the sheer age. These people are coming in, guys are coming in in their 20s and 30s with low testosterone. Right. That's scary. But I think another thing that affects what we found over Mm -hmm. time, just from our research and lab work, Mm -hmm. is that most of these people, not all, because there's going to be other reasons too, most are overweight. Yes. And pre-diabetic or diabetic. All right. So obesity and diet. So obesity and diet. That's a big. And and of course your hormones too. And you know that's because you know we we always find that you know especially in men uh, and, and I explain this to guys if you got the beer belly, okay, and you got low testosterone, you're not going to get high testosterone till you get rid of the beer belly. Right. Okay, because the the belly has to go because that's a sign of too much fat in the body, visceral fat and so on. Got to get rid of it because you know, what's interesting is that the, the research has showed us that something called insulin, which is helping you with your blood sugar, yep. insulin that your body has to produce actually blocks the LH from getting to the testicles and doing its job of telling the testicles to make more testosterone. Right. So one of the ways that sure. we try to help with testosterone, mm-hmm. we always try to make you make your own. Instead of right. just supplementing testosterone, we always want to try to make your body make its own testosterone. Now, another research that we happen to have, because we did have some research that we pulled up, they showed that obesity, we were just talking about obesity and inflammation, that obesity and stress, you know, is a double hit for health. And what they did was they actually took two groups of people, a group that was overweight and a group that was lean, and they put both people under stress. Right. The obese people that were put under stress, inflammation went sky high. What was interesting, though, the, the lean people... Now, we're talking about the same kind of stress. Yep. On day one, everybody had had inflammation. On day two, the lean people didn't Did have not. any more infla- inflammation. Right. They were okay. And the I obese mean, group, yeah. it doubled. Right. And so it just shows that you can't, your body does not accommodate things as well when you are obese and you do have all this extra weight. And they did show in the study that definitely if you're obese, you can actually increase your chronic low-grade inflammation more. Mm-hmm. And even with that, we know that in the long run, Obese people don't also tend to have more cancers. They do have more, they do. Pro- and they definitely have more arthritis. But that's for carrying the extra weight. And, and, you know, and arthritis is is not one of the. Yes, it's inflammation, no yeah, doubt. Sure, um, because it's inflammation in the joints. 
And that's probably one of the most common inflammations you'll see. But it is the ones that actually you don't see a lot of times is the ones that cause so many problems. Mm -hmm. Now, another risk factor is diet. Yeah. And, you know, now that's something you can do something about, though. Yes. Okay. You know, that definitely. And we talk about this all the time. And we just talked about that low-carbohydrate uh, diet thing. Uh, you know, we're, we're, go- or we're going to get into that. I don't think we've talked about it yet. We've got a, a neat, neat piece that we're going to be talking about on the low-carbohydrate diets and how it fared. And I thought that was really interesting, Yeah, it too. was actually a study done in the university at a university in Sweden. In Sweden. Mm-hmm. And they took type 2 diabetics. All right. And they actually that had high inflammation, mm-hmm. and they put them on you know a group of them went on a low carbohydrate diet, another one went on a low fat diet. Mm-hmm. They both actually both groups did lose weight, so mm-hmm. they did say actually the weight loss was similar. So a lot of the studies you hear out there that I mean both can actually make you lose weight, right? But they said the interesting thing was the group that was actually low carbohydrate, their inflammation went down, but the low fat group did not. Right. See, and I we tell people this every day. Fats are good for you. Good fats. Good remember, fat. Remember the fish oil. That's a good fat. That's a good fat. Something like coconut oil. Good fat. Good fat. Okay. And they actually have a lot of anti-inflammatory properties. So we're always saying lower the grains, lower the sugar, and this kind of proves it. And we'll talk about it right. a little bit more when we come back. Right. Next segment. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. There is a fact that we must all face, and that is that life happens. And many times it happens to involve different medical conditions. With the medical issues of life, there are at least a thousand different opinions on how to treat them. Not at Doctors Nutrition. At Doctors Nutrition, you get real answers that make sense. You get real information on how to treat medical conditions naturally and maybe even prevent the issue from coming back. At Doctors Nutrition, you'll get practical advice on how to improve the quality of your life naturally and nutritionally. You'll feel much more comfortable knowing that the doctors at Doctors Nutrition are working with you to treat your condition. You can find Doctors Nutrition online at doctorsnutrition.com or on Facebook. And for Dr. Jim's comments about the latest health issues, visit doctorsnutritionmedia.com for podcasts, complete live healthy, be healthy shows, and more. Start your homework online or call toll-free at 800-824-0194. That's 800-824-0194. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You are tuned in to Live Healthy, Be Healthy with Dr. Janine Fox and Dr. Jim Fox. To reach our program today, please call 1 866 472 5792. That's 1 866 472 5792. We also welcome your emails to jfox at doctorsnutrition.com. Now, back to Live Healthy, Be Healthy. Uh, and on that, uh, sending our messages to that jfox at doctorsnutrition, just spell that out, D-O-C-T-O-R-S-N-U-T-R-I-T-I-O-N.com, doctorsnutrition.com. Uh, and we'll be glad to answer yeah. anything. Or if you've got a subject you want us to touch Any on. Any suggestions for yeah. our shows coming up, just send, us send them email. to us. Mm-hmm. Now, we, talked, uh, we started talking about inflammation, and we, as always, we kind of got off on the diet thing, but I, I think we really have to understand that 
you know, the ex- excess and more than you need blood sugar or blood glucose actually fuels the inflammatory process. It yes, really does. Oh, it does. There's you know? no question. They know that it, it's huge with what you eat. Right. You are what you eat. Uh, yeah, that's and true. And actually overconsumption of, of probably anything, anything mm-hmm. is not good either. That's true. Now, you know, we definitely like the lower carbohydrate, higher good fat diet. Mm-hmm. Um, but eating too much of anything is and not good for you. you. Know, it's too much for the body to process. It is. And, you know, and one of the things that we, we tend to get folks that, you know, they kind of get off on the, well, I'm going to do away with carbohydrates. I'm going to eat huge amounts of protein. Protein is not necessarily that good for you in huge amounts. I mean, it, but it's good for you in normal, normal amounts. Normal amounts, right. You know, you, you normally have to have, for about every kilo or 2.2 pounds that you have, you have to have at least a gram of protein a day to maintain that lean body right. mass. Other than that, unless you're exercising pretty heavy, you probably don't need it or need that right. much. Right. If you're doing more exercise mm-hmm. and building lots of muscle, you might need Take a, you know, a couple grams per kilogram right. of body weight. Right. But that's the most. That's the most. And, and the thing about it is that our body, is, as efficient as it is, can actually take that excess protein and convert it into sugars and store yeah. it as fat. So we don't want to. If you get excess. That's why you don't right. want anything in excess right. and you want to eat. I mean, one di- another diet that's been shown to definitely help longevity and help inflammation is a low caloric diet. Yeah, just, just doing calorie less calories, calorie yeah. restriction. Less food. Which that's really hard to do. Um, all the money you can save, too. Yeah, you don't have to mm. eat. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> but that, we do like more of the, I do like to eat. So I actually like the lower carbohydrate, good fat diet. And I think that actually has yeah. been very beneficial. For us to eat that we, way. We, we, and, and it's beneficial for a lot of our patients that, you know, that we've dealt with uh, have done adopted the same kind of lifestyle. And you know, it kind of goes along with that, that paleo thing. And I think in February the 24th, I believe it is, we're going to actually gonna have right. Dr. Cordain on about the paleo And we'll diet, talk more about that. More, but, much more but about that. But the grains really do cause a problem. I had a guy that came in today. and he, or not, he didn't come in. He called me because he mm-hmm. actually had come in. And we had done some lab work on him. And I had told him what to eat. And he had done it. And then two weeks later, he went and I told him he was pre-diabetic, that he needed to change his diet. And then he went to this other group of doctors somewhere in Texas mm-hmm. that was some diabetic group. And they mm-hmm. said, oh, no, you can eat all the whole grains you want. Well, really, we had done his triglycerides, and they were close to 400. Mm-hmm. They did his triglycerides, and it was only like two weeks after I had talked okay. to him, and they were already down to 200. Okay. Well, they rechecked them a month later. Mm-hmm. Because he listened to what they told him to eat, they were almost up to 500. How about that? And he called me and was like, how can this be? And I was like, what are you doing different? I'm nothing. I'm eating exactly like, you know, he, and I said, he started telling me, I'm eating like you told me. And he started saying all this bread he was eating. And I said, I didn't tell you to eat that. And he said, well, well, they told me there I can eat that. And I was like, you can't. Okay. If you want a good example of dietitian based food, which is kind of what he got, yeah, go to a hospital and see the food. And ask anybody that's ever been in a hospital or around a hospital, the food is atrocious. Yeah, Always so is. it just shows you, you it, it, there's no question when it comes to diabetes mm-hmm. and controlling blood sugar and problems with that and high triglycerides, there's no question the low carbohydrate well, is the diet is the best. You mentioned triglycerides, and it's kind yes. of interesting about triglycerides because anytime we get more glucose or sugar in our body than we need it for energy production, okay? our body converts it into a triglyceride. Now, that triglyceride actually stored in the liver, 
which is one of the fastest growing inflammatory problems in the liver, is the non-alcoholic fatty liver right. disease. And then it kind of stores it around that midsection, close by. So if it needs it, it can go get it rather quickly. And if it does make it out into the bloodstream in high quantities, like you said, his is up around 500, you can actually make something called atherosclerotic plaque. Yeah. Clogged arteries. Right. And even inflammation, we have a, some research here from mm-hmm. the American Heart Association that was published this year mm-hmm. that showed it was actually talking about how the inflammation is the key to diabetes and heart disease link. It is. And that the inflammation is the reason why the blood sugar damages the lining of the blood vessels and causes the plaquing. Right. And they even show that in the absence of inflammation, the glucose does not damage the lining. That was an interesting thing. It was. If, if you, even if you had high glucose, right. if you didn't have all that inflammation, it didn't cause much problem. And it problem. didn't cause much problem. So, but people that do eat all, tend to eat bad, tend to have more inflammation, and tend to be more obese. And obesity makes more inflammation. And it definitely starts damaging the lining of the arteries. And they showed yeah. it here. It was actually really interesting and that, like I said, it was just put out this year by the American Heart Association. Yeah, that gets into something they call technically, it's an endothelial dysfunction. Yes. And endothelium is actually the lining of your blood vessels. Right. And if you get an endothelial dysfunction, uh, you're in trouble. Yeah. So really good research out there on how, how inflammation is bad for you. Yeah, so really it's not is. just us saying that it's bad. It's re- really, really is. American Heart Association, yep. right? And another another cause, we were getting at causes, smoking. That oh, was, that's well, probably yeah. kind of a... That's it, no brainer. Uh, duh. I mean, yeah. everybody knows that smoking is not good for you. That's true. But another one that you might not think about is sleep disorders. Yeah. If you yeah. don't sleep properly, you tend to have more inflammation because of the circadian rhythms are actually involved in in actually helping with inflammation. Right. And so that it's real important to get you know proper rest, and by that we mean you know a, a certain amount of sleep every night, and you want at least they say at least seven hours. Right. You know, now I hear a lot of people say, "Oh, I can get by on four hours." You can, and sooner or later, there's a there's, you're going to run into a wall, and that wall will stop you because you can't your body can't function ad infinitum forever and ever on that kind of sleep. Sooner yeah. or later, it'll get you. Yeah. So yeah, sleep no is another one. So there's things that we have for sleep. If you yeah. have that problem, we have to work on sleep a lot. I think we, we did a show on that. One time. Yeah, we did. Yeah. We did a whole show on yeah, sleep. Yeah, whole show. So you can go back and listen to the sleep yeah. show if you are having sleep problems, because um, we don't have time to get into all the no, different no, things no. on sleep today because there's so much about inflammation. We did a whole show on it, right? Now, other factors: periodontal disease, which is yeah. inflammation of the gums. Gums, um, teeth. So if you're if you don't keep your gums and teeth healthy. It affects the inflammation, but not only in your mouth, it affects the inflammation in the heart and the kidneys. brings up a, a really interesting guy called Lactobacillus paracasei. Right. Which, which is, is a, a probiotic. probiotic. And actually, uh, Lactobacillus paracasei is actually one that they call good for the heart because it's a good bacteria that actually kills the bad bacteria in the mouth. Right, which helps with inflammation. Because right. if you have a lot of the bad bacteria in the gums, is what causes a lot of the gingivitis. Exactly. So... We do have one that's actually called Probiotic Synergy. Yeah. It has that probiotic in it, and that one is in a powdered form, so you can swish it in your mouth. You can swish and swallow. And then swallow. <laughs> so right. we use that one a lot. We do. Uh, we use it quite a bit. You know, that's, that's just some of the things. You know, of course, you know, by, we're back to our diabetes. I mean, obviously, you know, diabetes is just such a big right. problem. And, and being obese, I think something like uh, the statistics are growing every day, but something like two-thirds over 66% of America is obese and overweight. Right. And 
Another cause, and it does affect the obesity and the blood sugar, because is stress. And that's one of the biggest for inflammation. And they even show one of the ways that stress increases inflammation is by increasing cortisol, which cortisol is a stress hormone. It increases inflammation and it increases blood sugar Mm -hmm. and increases obesity. Yeah, because cortisol is just like uh, a steroid. So they're all linked. Mm -hmm. So you get all this stuff that's linked together, and Mm -hmm. it definitely makes people unhealthy. Right. And, and of course, we talked about some of the diseases, you know, the cancer, the cardiovascular disease, you know, osteoporosis. Yeah. I'm I'm sure a lot of you haven't thought about that osteoporosis link, but it's there. But osteoporosis, actually, inflammation can make osteoporosis worse. And depression. Right. Well, I mean, that's a biggie because we just did a little thing there on that. Uh, You know, that's really interesting. It gets into some of the things that we need to do. I guess now, one of the things, I mean, we know we've got this, this chronic inflammation stuff going on. And if you live long enough, you're going to get some. So we want to know what we can do about it and how we can find out about it. And we've kind of touched on some of the blood tests that we'd want to do to, to check these things. But I think we need to get into some real interesting stuff on it. Because, you know, when you start, we talked about that high-sensitivity C-reactive protein. Yes. That is a huge, huge number. To look it does. At. And so we do recommend people yeah. do it. And that's not done usually in just routine blood work. No, it's not. Now, it's not an expensive test. So it's not that it's expensive, yeah. but it is something that I think people need to have checked. And we mentioned the homocysteine yeah. and we do have what we call an expanded cardiac panel. Right. And it does, it does do your cortisol because cortisol does play such a role in heart disease. Right. It actually does do your HSCRP. Mm-hmm. It does do the homocysteine. Mm-hmm. It checks magnesium levels, which we right. talked about being, you know, yes, very important earlier. Mm-hmm. So, it, and it does like your vitamin D and your B12. And so it checks a whole lot of different things. Right. Um, so if you're interested in that, just give us a call and we can set you up pretty much anywhere in the United States, except for a few states, um, Hawaii like and New York. Yeah, there's two of them out there. Yeah. But people in New York can go to the outlying areas if you're close enough to them. Yeah, you sure can. But, you know, and something like fibrinogen, and of course, we talked about that, but that's something that's easy to check. And if you've got a high fiber engine, there's things that we can do to bring it down because that, remember, is leading up to the high fiber engines leading up to a, some sort of blood clot going right, somewhere. Right, or stroke. Don't, well, it's going somewhere. Right. If it and goes to the stroke, it's a, it's a brain attack. If it goes to the heart, it's a heart attack. Either, yeah. yeah, that's true. Yeah. But either the natokinase or we have something called Baluki. Mm-hmm. Um, both of those, and that's from earthworms, both yeah. of them are for lowering fiber engine. Um, mm-hmm. And we see a tremendous benefit, and it actually increases um, circulation as well. Yeah, I mean, it, it's something that we use quite a bit. Uh, the Baluki's been a little bit more expensive, but it's very effective. You can take less of it and get the same job done. Natto is probably one of our biggies, and I think we've talked about some of the things that, that we've done with Natto and some of the other shows. Uh, we've had some tremendous uh, responses with, with people with Natto kinase and lowering inflammation, and, and just increasing circulation. Probably one of the best. The NATO and the Baluki are probably some of the best stroke prevention you can do. I, I would have to say that. Yes. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, even we talked about uh, one of the gentlemen that we deal with a lot who had this significant blockage in his arteries. Right. And, and we used NATO kinase and ADK, which is our combination of vitamin A, D, and K2. And over a year and a half period, he actually reversed that and at the same time changed his osteoporosis. To back to normal. Yeah. Now, that's pretty incredible because, again, d- reducing all that inflammation in his body, getting rid of that buildup of plaque in his arteries, 
Uh, he's functioning at yeah, 100%. Yeah, he's happy. He's, I mean, real happy. he's real happy yeah. about it. And we've had quite a few that that's happened with. Mm-hmm. So there are things you can do if you want to try something natural, just give us a call. Yeah, I mean, because we've got so many things that we can do. And, and, and it's all independent. I mean, we talk yeah. about things that are good for things, but if we take an individual person, we may think this this person may do better with a certain product because of something else that's going on with them. Mm-hmm. So we, we look at individuals. We don't just have a protocol that's always for no one person. The th- I think the thing we get across to people with our evidence-based nutrition approach is it's individual. What's good for you is going to be a little different than what's good for your spouse or somebody else. So we individualize this thing for you. All right, we're about to end this segment, and we're going to come up, and we're going to finish up talking about uh, inflammation. Yeah, and nutrients that you can do to help inflammation. That's right. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. There is a fact that we must all face, and that is that life happens. And many times it happens to involve different medical conditions. With the medical issues of life, there are at least a thousand different opinions on how to treat them. Not at Doctors Nutrition. At Doctors Nutrition, you get real answers that make sense. You get real information on how to treat medical conditions naturally, and maybe even prevent the issue from coming back. At Doctors Nutrition, you'll get practical advice on how to improve the quality of your life, naturally and nutritionally. You'll feel much more comfortable knowing that the doctors at Doctors Nutrition are working with you to treat your condition. You can find Doctors Nutrition online at doctorsnutrition.com or on Facebook. And for Dr. Jim's comments about the latest health issues, visit doctorsnutritionmedia.com for podcasts, complete live healthy, be healthy shows, and more. Start your homework online or call toll-free at 800-824-0194. That's 800-824-0194. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You are tuned in to Live Healthy, Be Healthy with Dr. Janine Fox and Dr. Jim Fox. To reach our program today, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. We also welcome your emails to jfox at doctorsnutrition.com. Now, back to Live Healthy, Be Healthy. And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, in our final segment tonight. We're talking about inflammation, and we're going to give you some stuff that you can take home with you uh, that can actually help you. We're going to be talking about something called micronutrients. Things like yep. vitamins, minerals, things like cetera. magnesium. Ah, yeah, vitamin D. Yep. Yeah. You know, some of the those nutrients. There's a lot of research on how they did a lot with magnesium and you know measure and see reactive protein levels and all that. So magnesium and magnesium actually has been shown to help with blood sugar as well and blood pressure. In blood pressure, and mm-hmm. it's also it's it's probably deficient in ninety percent of Americans. They say it's pretty much depleted out of the soil. It is. Soil, so yeah. Because people mm-hmm. always ask me what foods you can get it from. I said, well, the problem is, is the foods that used to have magnesium don't have them anymore, and that's why everybody is so depleted in magnesium, is because we're not getting it even in the foods that are supposed to have it. That's true. So. Magnesium is very inexpensive, and it's something that's very easily taken. Yeah. You know, and vitamin D, I mean, we've talked about, you know, vitamin D for a long time. But vitamin D, I mean, they've even implicated vitamin D deficiencies as being an uh, inflammatory promoter. In other words, it promotes right. inflammation. If you're deficient in D, and mm-hmm. we find, I mean, on doing lab work, 
Oh, that's huge. That is a one that we find in at least 80 to 90% of the people that we check if yeah. they're not taking vitamin D. Unless they're taking it, right. And most of our regular customers that's been coming in for years all have good vitamin D levels because we've already put them on it. They kept them on and it. And kept them on <laughs> it. And so when we redo their lab work, it still looks good. Yeah. And, um, and if you've had yours done recently and it was just above 30 or 35 or something like that, and they say, oh, you're in great shape. No, you're not. It takes somewhere between 50 to 75 nanogram per deciliter to actually be good. So if yeah. you've had it done, if you haven't had it done, call us. We could do it for you. When we say that 80 to 90% are deficient, that's actually deficient below 30. Below 30, right. Nanogram, right. Nanograms per milliliter. Deciliter, yeah. but whatever. Anyhow, uh, now something else that's really good, and a lot of people have heard a lot about this, vitamin E. Right. But there's a special kind of vitamin E that shows to be the best. Most yes. vitamin E, everybody talks about the alpha tocopherol. Well, alpha tocopherol is a form of vitamin That's actually the first one they recognized right. and said, oh, okay, this is vitamin E. Now there's actually four components of the, of the vitamin E family, and then there's four more components of the subclass called the tocotrienols. Right. But the best and the most pro, I mean, the anti-inflammatory of the bunch is something called gamma. Gamma, right. And right. if you look, a lot of times that's one of the lowest ones. It's one of the little bit more expensive vitamin E's. It is. And I mean, it's still not real real expensive, but it's a little bit more. Um, all, all, right. all the vitamin E's that we have are mixed to caffarols. We don't have any that are just the alpha. Yeah. But we do have one that we have ultra synergistic E that the majority of it is the gamma. It's the majority of it is the gamma. gamma. So it's actually, we do have those. Um, But one of the big things that a lot of the research has done on vitamin E is actually, we talked about earlier, oxidation of the LDLs. Right. It's one of the big things that can help with oxidation of LDLs. Mm -hmm. So that's where a lot of the research lies on that. You know, know, because a lot of people have heard about the the normal anti-inflammatories being the COX-2 inhibitors. Actually, gamma tocopherol is a pretty good COX-2 inhibitor. Yeah. It really is. Now, something else that's really important in this process is zinc and selenium. Yes. Two, two lesser of, of, if you shall we say, lesser known elements, if we will. But zinc and selenium are very important in the inflammatory response. They have antioxidant properties themselves. Now, if you get more antioxidant capability, you're going to lower the inflammation. Right. So that's that's a pretty much a... a there's a lot of benefits to yeah. zinc and selenium. Selenium has a lot of anti-cancer properties, and mm-hmm. so there's a lot of benefits to them, and they're also anti-inflammatories. Yeah. Then you get into stuff like resveratrol. Yes. And we've talked a lot about resveratrol, and it's cousin, terostilbene. Right. Now, the terostilbene is, actually has a P on the first of it, so it's like patero, but it's terostilbenes. And these make these particular nutrients... Come from, they're actually plants produce these things as their own defense. In other words, that's what a plant makes resveratrol and terostale beans for, is so it can actually make its own defense mechanisms against whatever. You know? And so that stuff, it's just a remarkable in, in helping the inflammatory right. response. And resveratrol has been shown to help a lot of osteoporosis. We were just right. talking about just how osteoporosis about that, right? has inflammation. So yep. the resveratrol is really good for that, and the resveratrol... I mean, so much of the research is for anti-aging, but mm-hmm. I think if you can actually stop inflammation, you can actually help with aging. I think if you stop inflammation, I mean, you're never you going to actually technically stop aging. No, no, probably not. But you can stop having the aging problems. Right. Another one that we've talked about a little bit in the past is the curcumins from the turmeric. Yep. Yeah. Now, to me, that's one of probably the better anti-inflammatories out there. It's pretty darn it good. Really, the research on it keeps coming mm-hmm. out over and over. They have, imp- I mean, it, it shows to help heart disease and arthritis and diabetes and liver disease and gastrointestinal disorders and 
I mean, you name it. You name it. There's been research on that one. Yeah. Um, and so it's one that is in a lot of the products that we use too. We have it by itself, but we mm-hmm. also have it in combination with many products. It's in a lot of. Matter of fact, we have a product that is a combination of the the resveratrol, yep. the terrestrial beans, and the curcumin. Yes. And, and some green, green tea, tea yes. which is actually Don't one, of the, that one. one of the next ones we were fixing to talk about right. has anti-inflammatory actions, too, is the green and black tea polyphenols. Right. And they're, they're just a phenomenal thing. I mean, that's why the tea is so beneficial to you, the green tea extracts and even the black tea. Black tea only has about 70% of the, uh, of the anti-inflammatory, if you will, capability of green tea. But it's still got quite it a bit. It still has benefits. Yeah. But the product that we talked about that has the curcumins, right. the green tea extracts, the resveratrol, mm-hmm. and the terrestrial bean is the polyresveratrol. Right. So that one actually is a really good product. We take it ourselves. And yes, we it do. is. A half for years. Yes, we have yeah. for a long time. So yeah, there's so true. many different things for inflammation. We're going to talk about so many different supplements. Right. And you don't have to take every one of them. It's just, like I said, if you give us a call and we find out your special needs, we can maybe point well, you in the direction which one might work best for you. Which brings up another one that we that we look at a lot of times, and that's DHEA. Right. Which is it's a, a level that we check on all, on all of our panels. The DHEA right. is checked. Right. And, and the reason being is because we see so many things that will interfere with it and cause problems with it. And if it gets too low, you're going to have inflammation. Right. No doubt about it. And the DHEA, one of the things that people... It definitely decreases as you age. Yep. It is made in the adrenal glands. It's not made in the sex organs. Nope. Um, but it starts decreasing at about age 35. Mm-hmm. And as it decreases, people get a little bit stiffer. And that's a lot of it's the inflammation. Joints just aren't right. quite as starts, lubricated as right. they should be, you know? And there's no doubt it's a precursor to testosterone and estrogen. Yeah. So and they even talked about how those can lower increase inflammation by lowering those hormones. So DHEA is so inexpensive to supplement, you just don't want to overdo it because it can have some problems if you take too much. That's one that you have to proceed with caution on. And we always, always, always test first, then dose. Yeah. And if you've had any type of hormonal cancer, I would not take DHEA. Wouldn't touch it. That's the, the, whether it's a a prostate cancer or breast cancer, uterine cancer, any of those things. If it's a hormonal cancer, stay away from it. Right. Even if you test it and it's low, stay away from it. Okay. Now, something else that that a lot of people don't realize, and we've talked about this one before, it's called Boswellia. Yeah. Now, Boswellia, okay, everybody's heard about frankincense and myrrh in the Bible. Well, frankincense is is Boswellia. And I guess even thousands of years ago, they were using it as a, uh, a I guess they used it as a, uh, what you call it, an, an incense and, more yeah. than anything. But it actually has anti-inflammatory properties. It's some pretty strong anti-inflammatory properties. It's actually. in a lot of our combination products right. as well. The, but we also have a product specifically for arthritis that's actually called Pernamax. And it has Boswellia. And it has the Boswellia in it, mm-hmm. but it also has your Perna, which is all nine clones of glucosamine, mm-hmm. and MSM. And so it actually has a lot of good things in it that actually helps with arthritis. And that it one does. we get really good results with. Yeah, and, and, and you know, that's just a huge one right there uh, because that Perna has an anti-inflammatory response yes. by itself. Then we added some of that uh, Boswellia to it. Now, bromelain, we've talked a little bit about bromelain, but that's coming from the heart of the pineapple. Right. And that's where you get the strongest content is the core of the pineapple. And bromelain has got so much research on how beneficial it truly is against almost every kind of inflammatory process they've kind of used it against. It's amazing. Even GI tract products. Right. People think, oh, that's going to be just an anti but it'll burn my stomach. 
it'll actually help heal the stomach. Yeah. And another product that we use a lot that has the bromelain in it is systemic enzymes. Yes. And it is a combination. It has the trypsin, the chymotrypsin. Mm-hmm. It has your proteases. It has the bromelain. Mm-hmm. It actually also has boswellia in it. And it kind of helps inflammation everywhere. That probably is one that we use a lot yeah. for inflammation. You take it on an empty stomach, and it actually tends to help with eating up the inflammation all well, over the body. All those things that are pro-inflammatory, the interleukins and all that stuff, they're actually proteins. Right. Enzyme proteins. And the, the proteolytic enzymes, like in that systemic enzyme process, that compound that we have, breaks those things down to where they're not inflammatory anymore. So it's, it's an anti-inflammatory in that case. Yep. And you one know, last one we'll mention, because we're about out of time, is the yeah. CoQ10. Oh, big time. CoQ10 actually is supportive of the mitochondria, and it can actually help you know, inflammation by helping support at the mitochondrial level. You know, I, I think it, it, because if you go back and get you any, uh, go to the uh, internet and just, you know, type in Krebs cycle or energy cycle yes. of the cell and look at it. And CoQ10 is involved in every cell in your body, actually every cell in most anybody. Yeah, and it's depleted in a, from a lot of medications. So CoQ10 medications. is not, you don't get it from food. You actually make it in your body, but if you're right. taking certain medications, you block the production, so you really right. do have to, su- to supplement it. Yeah. Okay. Well, we've had a, a fun time yeah. tonight talking about inflammation. Hopefully, you've learned a little bit of something about inflammation. Uh, next week, we're going to be talking about the largest organ in your body, and it's not what you're thinking, guys. No. Nope, it's, it's actually the, the skin, skin, right? <laughs> yeah, it's the skin. So we're going to have a whole show about the skin. And skin problems and, and skin, skin health. problems and skin health. So join us again next week for The Skin. Yep. Live healthy, be healthy. That's it. Thank you for being a part of Live Healthy, Be Healthy this week. Please join Drs. Jim and Janine Fox next Tuesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Here's to your better health.